Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. Amen. Uh, we just want to take a moment and thank you all for your support. Uh, last week was an extremely busy week, trying to catch up on getting some orders out and uh, living life in the meantime. And <clears throat> and uh, we're just thankful. Thankful for you all. Uh, we are overwhelmed by the support with a successful launch of the uh, hashtag Thunderclap Canada today where we had hundreds of people uh, in churches across the nation praying for our brothers and sisters in a concentrated effort to battle the principalities and powers that are um, afoot up there. And so we thank you um, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, again, we are just so overwhelmed uh, and thankful. But in that, we don't want to be remiss in realizing that we forgot the uh, whole beginning of the Noahic Covenant month here in America, and um, it's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, and forever, you know what, I'm not going to parody that, because it will get in trouble. Oh boy. Okie dokie. Not flying on the military uh, bases though, right? Military bases, yeah, it turns out, you know where you don't see a lot of pride flags in certain places, you know, like if you were to go to, I don't know, the Gaza Strip, or Iran, there's just some places you don't really see the rainbow flag flying. Hmm. Huh, that's curious. Anyway, we uh, we missed the beginning of the Noahic Covenant Month, and uh, now it's um, the 12th, and we are not going to let another week go by without recording a podcast uh, on on uh, the simple fact uh, that we have taken whew, vices and made them virtues in our culture, and uh, well, we thought maybe the Word of God might have something to say about that. Oh, it sure does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so welcome to episode 25. Woo! We're entitling this one, Christian Kindness and Pride Month. Hmm. Hmm. So this episode you'll be learning a lot about how tolerant we should be and loving and accepting of the Q's and pluses and uh, letters just uh, pouring you know, out of love. I don't think love is love, man. We didn't discuss love is love. That's not what I don't think that's what the outline. Give me all the loving. That's not what the outline says. You are going off outline. Well, bad things happen when well, you go I, online. I'm so. going to have to address the heresy and the apostasy <laughs> in front of me right now. What do you think I'm I, kidding. We what do you just... think I am, Stephen Furtick? Oh, no. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Dude. We just watched that clip. It was so bad. Oh, don't. Anyway, that's, that's definitely, topic. definitely for a different podcast. Different podcast. By the way, follow Rank Heresy on Instagram. They, they put out some fantastic content. Anyway. That's fun. That's fun stuff. That's some good stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Alrighty, so uh, <clears throat> our culture is turning vices into virtues. This has been happening for a long time. The Bible says uh, as much, and uh, this is where we're going to begin. Yeah, I distinctly remember um, that there is nothing new under the sun. So basically, we're just, uh, we just keep rehashing and regurgitating uh just old lies and and just thinking up new ways to repackage the same old sin. That's pretty much what we do. So uh, the question we're going to seek to answer tonight is how do we speak the truth if vice is a virtue? How do we speak truth into that paradigm when what is unrighteous is celebrated and affirmed as righteous. Hmm. Kind of like pride? Well, 
Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much <clears throat> pretty much where we're going here. Uh, how do we how do we do that? How do we? <laughs> well, let's just say it's going to make it difficult. But just because something's difficult certainly doesn't mean it's not important and worth the doing. Nay, commanded by God Almighty. Mm. So let's get to it. <clears throat> Alrighty. So um, we we have we have talked about this concept many times uh, so far, but it, it is the it is the, the idea that um, love without truth is called something. Giving someone giving something a, someone a loving response, but not having it be a truthful response is called something. What what, what is the name for that? Yeah, I think they call that lying. Hmm. I think that makes you a liar. Hmm. Yep. If uh, if your love is without truth, it's called lying. But we like to call it a nicer thing in our culture. Oh, you can't use the word to define oh. the thing that you're saying. Oh, we I, are I, not restarting this podcast. <sighs> this is like take nine thousand. <laughs> so we like to give it a better sounding name. Namely, we call it niceness. Ah, the eleventh commandment: <clears throat> be ye nice one to another. Tenderhearted and lying to one another. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, you yeah, can't, you can't, you can't, you can't really, complete no, that. No. Nope, you gotta leave that off. That's pretty much where the. Yeah, that's where. Which the, is uh, exactly what many people do with the Bible. Oh my just, gosh, man, we are. Yeah, the, the so, memes write themselves. So what we're saying here, just to clarify, so far, how are you going to speak truth into a culture that celebrates vices, that celebrates unrighteousness, as if the unrighteousness were righteous? As if the the vice was actually virtuous to do. Well, the way you're going to do that is you're going to have to say, wait, wait a second, that's not right. That's wrong. That's you're believing a lie. I love you enough to tell you you're believing a lie. You don't sugarcoat it. I think I gave this example last week in church, but <clears throat> when uh, when I asked my wife, look, I look, I like. I like our I like our shirts, and I I think our shirts with their athletic fit they they can they can fit a little snug around the arms, you know, and, and the shoulders. Um, but sometimes I run this this line of wearing a a what is referred to lovingly as a schmedium, you know, and um, and I have to ask my wife, is this shirt a schmedium? Because you don't want to wear a schmedium. Schmedium is when you should be in a medium, but you're in a small, or you you know. You should be in a large, but you're in a medium. It, it fits a little snug. And my wife might say something like, well, you know, in this light, it looks fine. Which is her being nice. It's nice. She's not giving me the truth. She's not telling me, no, you dummy. You need a bigger shirt. What's wrong with you? You sick of fan? She's saying, <clears throat> well, maybe there could be a context in which that shirt makes you look not quite as fat as you are in that shirt. And that's nice of her. But when she says that, I know what she means. And I get changed. Because what she's saying is, no, no, that shirt is too small. You dummy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you medium. <clears throat> you medium. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, just a, that's just an understanding of how our culture likes to use the term nice. That we need to be nice. Mitzi is to one another. Mitzi is heresy hunting something over there. Yes, yes. Our, Mitzi the dog is is our. our she'll, she'll she'll bark later when she hears us talking about heresy. She doesn't like heresy. Yes. Um, so she'll she'll inform you. Don't worry. You'll you'll hear her. <laughs> She's doing great. 
Anyway. So yes, uh, we, but people have been doing this for a long time. Uh, Isaiah 5.20 uh, talks about these kinds of people who exchange... Uh, uh, who, who call evil good, uh, and actually it says, woe to those who call evil good in Isaiah 5.20. Um, and then, you know, if you fl flip, flippity-flap on over to Romans 1, uh, which is a fantastic chapter for this type of subject, um, it, it talks about people exchanging the truth of God for a lie. And that's exactly what we've done uh, in our culture by creating a, a Pride Month, but a Pride Month, uh, a month that not only celebrate, celebrates pride, but celebrates... Um, sexual deviancy uh, as counter to God's design. Um, so it's it's a it's a two for one combo, and it's it's not it's not a good type of combo. I mean, the reality is, if you're going to label a month after sin, pride is the uh, correct one, as Martin Luther said. Uh, pride is the mother of all sins, for it is pregnant with all the others. So it, it makes sense. Uh, you you would label it Pride Month. Um, it, <laughs> It's it's almost the epitome. If you were going to label a month and then celebrate things that were an affront to God and His creation, you might as well call it Pride Month. And so here we are. Yeah, I guess I guess it doesn't beat around the bush, does it? And then you had the temerity. I mean, the absolute gall to go on Facebook, utilize Facebook's very own. Uh, what do they call those? The little, the, the little <laughs> generators? What are they? Little, little screen generators? <laughs> little emoji guys? Little emoji guy thing? Little emoji background thing? You had the gall to use their their June Pride Month emoji background and state emphatically that <laughs> pride is a sin. Yes. How dare you? I, uh... I made it uh, succinct so that it would all fit on the same screen. Four words, June 1st, pride is a sin. Um, it was stated uh, plainly and with a, with a slight bit of irony, but um, with, with no amount of uh, hesitancy. Um, that post has garnered over 170 comments thus far. Um, lots of different discussions going on there, lots of various threads from uh, Christians and non-Christians and uh, LGBTQ individuals and all sorts of people um, joining in on that one. Uh, the algorithms went crazy because it was just, it was confused. Facebook's algorithms were confused. They're like, wait, who do I show this to? Uh, is it a... <laughs> so, um, way to go, you broke the internet. Yay, I feel like Ralph. Ralph broke the internet. Ralph did break the internet. Oh, uh, yeah, that was very sad. Anyway, um, so yeah, we, we coming through those 170 something comments. We will not be recapping this entire thing, which we will not do. Yes, I have PTSD. But um, but we we did come away with a, a few observations. Um, and then we've got some scriptures, and then we'll we'll just kind of we'll just kind of gently close with some chat. Um, first observation is uh. You know, it's going to sound kind of plainly stated, but plain truths make people upset. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's because sometimes I find when, like, what I want to do is live a lie. Uh, when I What I want to do is, um, let's just say it's, it's counterintuitive uh, to what... Um, 
righteousness or wisdom or, or prudence might actually say to do and someone tells me the truth, I do. I get. I just get a little upset. Yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and when I want to be my own god, and they make a whole month for me, like pride, where pride is, you know, seen as the virtue we should be ascribing to, um, and then you come in and say, hey, just so you know, pride's a sin. It does. It can make some people upset. Yep. Yep, it really can. Many people. And so what we found, and really in this, what we're about to talk about... <laughs> Our main, our, actually our main frustration does not come from the world. Nope. We, we like Paul, understand that um, what, what do I have to do with judging the world? Um, our, our call to the world is, is, is repentance, is, hey, God has forgiveness and grace and amplitude and in, in abundance for you right here. That's our call to the world. But what do I have to do to judge the world? I don't need to judge the world. It's it's clear and plain. Rather, it's the Christian response that really I think was the most beguiling, and um, and just frustrating um, on your post. Yeah, really. I mean, and and the, the the point that we pulled from that is that Christians just aren't too familiar with their Bibles. They the biblical literacy is just trash in this country, um, and especially among among the peoples on the internet who would um, certainly rather type type things out than actually live out um, the things that we're called to do in the scriptures. You, you, how can you live them out if you don't know what they are and how they're actually supposed to be, you know, uh, not perpetrated, how they're supposed to be executed. Mm, executed. Uh, <clears throat> so, which is, you know, kind of what some people were trying to do to you on that post. Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, this goes back to our idea that we have a lot of fat shepherds, and fat shepherds have just been uh, making fat sheep, and fat shepherds and fat sheep both get eaten. And that's the reality of where we're at in our culture. So here's some, uh, what we did is we tried to pare down to the simplistic, most simple forms, the arguments that were used from a Christian perspective um, uh, against that that post. Yes. Yes, that's what we tried to do. <clears throat> and... and <clears throat> here are some of them. Yes. we got like a few of them, just like three or four. And I think this first one is probably the most, uh, it's it's the one that's most frequently used in general when, when you actually speak truth into any forum in which uh, you bump up against culture and particularly um, culture-led Christianity. And that is simply that Jesus loved people. Mm. And, and, and stated plainly like that, the statement is emphatically a truth, right? Yes. Yes, Jesus loved people. Absolutely. <laughs> he he ate with sinners. He healed the sick. He did all these did all these wonderful, lovey things. And and you know it's he been never s- spoke uncomfortable truths. That's well, that's not true. He certainly did eat with sinners, uh, but it turns out that um, it has been said Jesus did not uh, eat with sinners uh, to affirm their choices rather he ate with sinners to call them to repentance yes yep and that in that he was being loving and so we can affirm that jesus loved people yes and he was never lying to them right but the problem with this statement jesus loved people is it is meant to shut down the speaking of uncomfortable truths 
You're supposed to be, it's it's that god of niceness. Um, that should not be worshipped. Yeah, and we'll get to it. We'll get to it a little bit at the end, but there's a reality. Um, there's a big difference between what is understood in the Bible as kindness and what our culture uses the term niceness, right? <clears throat> the Bible does call us to kindness, um, but this idea of our cult, this cultural idea of niceness, not so much. Nope, not so much. Yeah. So uh, they also accused you of not being like Christ. You're, you're not being Christ-like if you were to say something like pride is a sin. Right. Because, again, it's violating the 11th commandment. Calling people to sin means that you have to give bad news. It's offensive. And, you know, Christ... I, I, I can't even say it. <laughs> I can't even say it in a joking matter. Christ didn't try to offend people. He just loved the people. <clears throat> I think I think it, it and this this is one of those ones that's so sim it's just too simplistic. You're not being Christ like. I, I I mean one of the one of the very long treaties that was trying to <clears throat> I think call out to let's just be clear, people that are friends with you that are homosexuals, some of them had a uh, a problem with your post although what you called out was pride but you called out pride during pride month which has been completely taken over language wise by the lgbtqia plus community and their agenda right so so in doing that um they would do these long just entreating of of the lgbtqia plus community and their agenda saying these are Jesse's words. This is not how I believe. And I don't think he's doing a good job telling you the love of Christ. And here's the reality. Jesus didn't let anyone he spoke to think their sin was acceptable to God. Yep. That's Christ-likeness. If you want to be Christ-like, you lovingly tell someone that their sin causes a chasm between them and a holy God. Mm -hmm. the, the, the same Christ that you're not being Christ-like, quote-unquote, right, is the Christ who actually died to bridge that chasm. So it's, it's really an insult. It's one, of the, it's one of the more insulting of these simplistic arguments that are used. Right. And it's like, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we're reading through Same Page Summer. We just read through the Gospel of John last week. And, uh, you know, the, there was... Uh, the, the day where, you know, Jesus asked the Pharisees, well, what, what, is, what is more unlawful to, to uh, forgive sins on the Sabbath or to, to heal on the Sabbath? Right. And then he just went up and did both. Yep. You know, he, he, he told the man that his sins are forgiven and to rise and walk. And talk about offense. Like, every other, like, every other chapter in, that, in the book of John, it's like, and they, were, and they sought to kill him. Yes. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to end his life. Uh, right. But it wasn't, it's like, and I love that, the way John phrases the time, sometimes this, the answer that to they wanted to kill him and him not being killed is just, but it was not yet his time. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? What happened? I wanted to be there. What went down? <laughs> they wanted to kill him, but it was not yet his time. Yeah. Next story. Wait, no, no, what? <laughs> what does that mean? It was not yet his time. And then... And John's like, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. <laughs> he, they will kill him. Yeah, but I want to know, like, is it, like... I mean, it, sometimes it says that like, he passed through the crowd, right? But, like, right. sometimes it just says, but it was not yet his time. And you're like, well, then, so they wanted to kill him. There he is. How did this, uh, yeah. <laughs> how did this story culminate? <laughs> how did it come to a conclusion? <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, another another critique is is uh, again along in the same vein, but you're not being a good Christian witness to the world by pointing out that pride is is a sin, which is just so ironic because it, <laughs> the gospel is good news, right? But the you have to. <laughs> The antithesis to the good news is the bad news, which is the reason why we need the good news. Yes, there's going to be an interesting verse talking about Christian kindness that specifically points this very truth out that you're, you're harping on right now. Yes. Um, and and it's, it's very clear. In order to be a good witness to the world, you must speak the truth. Yes. You have to be a complete witness to the world. Yeah, it turns out, I mean... One of the things, and this is one of the hardest things in a Christian life, is to realize and continually conform into, is the realization that partial repentance is not repentance, mm. right? Repentance, which means to turn from something and turn towards another thing, it, it literally requires a turning. It turns out if you only turn part of the way, you actually haven't turned from something. Right. You've kind of looked away from it, but because you're not actually turning all the way from it, it becomes very easy to sort of just glance back right. and, and, and actually turn right back towards the thing yeah i mean jesus to to tell someone that jesus loves them is 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 a partial truth jesus yes jesus loves them but he loves them and wants them and and has come and died for them so that they do not stay like that and then he will love them fully in completeness as he as his blood covers and washes away their sin yeah, he loves them emphatically enough to actually show them in a visceral way what their sin costs. Yeah. You know, which is which is the whole reason why God had Israel set up the entire sacrificial system. You know, there was always blood flowing out of Israel because the Israelites were constantly reminded of of their sin and that sin requires a payment, a sacrifice, a shedding of blood. Yeah. Hebrews without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness of sins. Yeah. So, it's it's being a good witness to the world doesn't mean that we never talk about sin to the world. That's that's actually that's actually being a bad witness. That's that's not actually being a good witness. Yes, tell tell people that Jesus loves them, but tell people that Jesus loves them enough to have died for the sin that that is so quickly. Um, pulling them farther and farther away from God so that they could be drawn near to him, um, you know, in Christ, in Christ's blood. Um, that is the sacrifice that, that can take away their sin and the sin of the world. Amen. Um, you know, and, and along in the same vein, people, people would say that you'll turn people off to Christianity as if... <laughs> As if it's the messenger and not the message that that turns people off to Christianity. Uh, the the world is against Christianity without you ever having said a word. And by Christianity, I mean true Christianity, the, the type of Christianity that that would make disciples of all nations. Yeah, the Christianity that topples every other god in the presence of a true and holy god. Right. Yeah, that becomes very offensive to the place that has all the other gods <laughs> yes it does the the lowercase g the not true gods right yes i'm i i you know it's like i i'm sorry but you, you have to realize <laughs> you have to realize 
the state of the unregenerate heart. We, we cannot forget the state of our heart prior to regeneration. It was at war with God. Haters. Haters of God. Of God. Haters of yes. God. And, and, that, and that, not like our colloquial hater and hater. Oh, you're just being a hater. No, like you despise God with every fiber of your being. We were his enemy. Mm. And yet he died for us. And, and it, it makes grace that much more stark of a contrast. Amen. When you actually have an adequate understanding of what our lives were like prior to Christ. No matter your age, it doesn't matter. You were still condemned in your sin. And you were at war with God. No matter No matter what age that was. Um, that was the state of your heart. And so people are already turned out to Christianity. It's, you know, of, of course there are jerky Christians. Of course there are. That communicate so poorly that even that even I don't want to associate with them. You know, but, but at the same time, you can also be the most gentle person and give these truths in the most gentle way. And it's still offensive because it is the act of toppling down idols in the hearts that people don't want to tear down. And it's truly one of the the I don't want to get too much off talking about just these these few observations of Christian um responses uh to your post, but it's really the meekness of the gospel that we see, right? That idea that there is there is incredible power Yet it is under control because what Christ does not call us to do is to proselytize through violence, right? That's not his call to us. The meekness of the gospel is the gospel message is powerful because it is God's truth. It's it's God's message. Yeah. The message of, of God actually brings salvation through himself to us who do not deserve it through grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's different. That's different than than the the form factor religions which which require you to go forth and force upon other people right um a a bending to what you tell them to conform to that is that is not how god works because god knows he wins he knows that it will end in only one way and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess because he is god the difference is uh, we don't we don't proselytize in violence since that will be the end. Rather, we call through God's kindness to truth and repentance. Sorry, little X didn't mean to go on some sort of excursus there. No, it's it's great. Um, so we've got a couple passages. Um, we just want to walk through. Um, briefly, just to kind of just to kind of highlight, because we we are people of the book. We hold, all scripture is profitable, um, you know, for teaching, for correction. doctrine, for correction, mm-hmm. for reproof and instruction in righteousness. Right. Um, so that's the authority that we always must turn to. You don't just take our word for it, please. Gosh, no. Um, so you know, if if uh, if you open up John six. I'm going to read a few verses here, verses uh, 60 to 71. I'll just kind of get the whole flavor. So in, in John chapter 6, he is... Um, a few is normally three, but we're talking more like 12, so carry on. You know what? Uh, three, 12, whatever. Well, that's all, the difference. It's all divisible it's by, all... by three. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> and hey. four. <laughs> um, well, three is not divisible and by two. four. And six. And no, three is, three is and a prime one. number. Three is not divisible by anything. No, but 12 is divisible by... Right. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. I, we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. Uh, so in, in John chapter 6, Jesus uh, just got finished up talking about himself being the bread of life. Um, in verse 60, it says this. It says, Therefore, when many of his, his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, asked them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and the one who would betray him. He said, This is why I told you that no one no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by that Father. And verse 66 says, Don't miss it. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. And Jesus, so Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus replied to them, Didn't I choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. And he was referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray him. In verse 66, we so clearly see that from that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Why? Because Jesus is the bread of life. He is claiming exclusive authority, and it divides people. It even says that Jesus knew that there were some among him who did not believe. And you know what? The people that did not believe continued to disbelieve. Hmm. It's not as if we have some magical formula where if we give the gospel in a certain way, it equals salvation in that person. That's not that's not how it works. Our responsibility is is to pro- <clears throat> proclaim proclaim the gospel to the nations and make disciples. But God is the one who who gives that gives that regenerated that regenerating heart. Yeah, the author and finisher, the author and perfecter of faith is not me. Right. Right. And so it's not, we we mustn't pretend as if as if because someone you know didn't receive Christ after I evangelized that it was something about me or my delivery or my message. Now you can give the message in a wrong way, sure, but we mustn't pretend that it is us and our tone or you know the way that we say say things that saves someone. Right. But to be sure, Paul Paul himself says there are many that preach Christ for their own gain, and they have their reward. But he rejoices that Christ is preached nonetheless through those people, right? They do it in the wrong way, yet we can rejoice if Christ is preached. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you really got to be careful for is the discipleship process after that, because you don't want them being discipled by the certain, you know, <clears throat> those that are preaching for false gain there, for, for right. earthly gain. Right. Where did Paul just say that? We I just read, well, we read Colossians yesterday in Philippians. It was in, I think it was in Philippians. I think I read it today. I think you might be right. And while you're continuing on there, go ahead. Um, so if you turn one, one, one chapter over into uh, John chapter 7, if you start at verse 40, it says this. It says, When some from the crowd heard these words, they said, This is truly the prophet. Others said, This is the Messiah. But some said, Surely the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah comes from David's offspring and from the town of Bethlehem where David lived? Verse, th- verse 43, don't miss it. So the crowd was divided because of him. 
and some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. So the crowd was divided because of Jesus's message and because of who he was claiming to be. Jesus's own message divided people, some to him and some away from him, in real time as he was walking on this earth. So, of course, saying the same message that Scripture says today in 2021 is going to have the same exact reaction. Some will come, and many will go. That's just the way that it's always been. Um, So, I don't think that we should watch people walking away and create some type of causation between speaking speaking the truth of the scriptures into someone's life you know saying oh well they walked away as some type of litmus test for oh i need to stop speaking the truth or i just need to give give love no we must give the truth in love the two must be married and we must proclaim it to their lives and the truth is offensive the truth itself offends right and as jesus says in luke 12 which is one of your favorite passages there towards the end of the chapter where he says that the he the truth of himself will divide families right it will it will divide mother against uh mother against daughter and father against son it will divide brother against brother these the the truth of christ will cause division in immediate families simply because there will be those that will reject what god has has truthfully bought, brought in salvation through christ and those that will accept it. And that's not a division. That's a division that goes far deeper than blood. That's a division that cuts cuts as as the word does, right? To to the bone, to the marrow. Right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the twelve fifty three. Yeah. It's actually the I believe it's the parallel passage for what I was I was gonna speak from from Matthew. I believe you're right, now yeah. that I think about it. Sorry. So no, it's okay. I'll I'll read I'll just read the whole I'll just read the whole thing. Uh, in Matthew, uh, when Jesse taught on this, uh, by the way, at church one time, I think he went for like an hour and a half. So we just got to be careful now with what he's about to read. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, so uh, the parallel passage for that in Matthew's gospel, uh, Matthew ten, starting verse thirty-two, says this: Therefore, everyone will acknowledge me before others. I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. The one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life because of me will find it. People want to confuse this passage, but it's just so very plainly stated that Jesus himself knew that by his coming he would bring division. And we we have members of our church who through, who through believing in in Jesus and holding the scriptures as authoritative and speaking out against sin have lost family members have caused that 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 division that Jesus is talking about is very real to them and so they understand this passage when it says that I will divide members of your own household away from you 
but you must take up your cross, meaning live this out to the end because it's what's right, it's what's true, and it's 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 the means of salvation for you. Right, this is this is where the rubber meets the road though, right? Um because shouldn't I be nice to save the relationship? Shouldn't I, you know, exercise what I will call unchristian kindness or worldly kindness um to to save the relationship, right? Shouldn't I just avoid all these truth ideas and topics? Uh that's 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 misconstruing i think what you're called to do with the gospel um as if you in some way were were going to have an impact in the salvation process your uh, my impact your impact in the process of salvation is obedience to christ that that's it um that's that's what our call is so if we are are going to faithfully speak um the truth in love by the way that's how you do that you speak the truth in love, which means you speak truth from love. It flows from love, but it is truth. Um, it, that, that, that's an important thing, because we'll see in a second that sometimes speaking the truth doesn't mean you sound nice when you speak it. Sometimes it can be hard. Uh, sometimes it can be harsh, because sometimes we're running out into the middle of a crowded highway, and someone needs to pull us back. Someone needs to let us know, hey, you're running towards death. And that doesn't mean you have, that doesn't always mean like you have time to go and get a puppy and say, hey, come here, come pet the puppy, come away from that. Yep, no, don't go out there, don't go out there, come over here and pet the, sometimes that's not how it works. Sometimes it looks like, hey, get out of there, you're going to die. Get, you are acting like a fool, what are you doing? Sometimes that's what being saved to life looks like. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Sorry so, for jumping ahead in Matthew there by going... But I, we went to Matthew via Luke. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was fine. Yeah, it was a good segment. There was no, good there was no problem. No. No. So, yes, we must give the bad news and that we must give the good news. Bad news by itself um, doesn't really do anything other than condemn. Right, right. But That's the, the reminder um, of the kindness, right? Right. Right. The, the, the weight of sin is... The weight of sin is death. Well, right. Wages. Wages. Right. So okay. Sorry. Yes. And that. Well, then carry on with that verse from Romans. The the gift of God, right, is eternal life. And and that's the kindness turn. But the kindness is connected to the truth that the only way to get through the wages of sin is you need to have salvation. Yeah. Apart from yourself. So I thought a good way to segue to this this final idea. Um, is this particular uh, exchange between Mr. Beaver and uh, and Susan Pevensey in C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe as they're, they're discussing uh, about Aslan. The, the, uh, the Pevensey children have not yet met Aslan. They don't know who he is or what he is. In fact, Susan had kind of thought that, that uh, he, Mr. Beaver was talking about Aslan as a king. Um, she assumed Aslan would be, you know, like, like a man of some sort. Uh, but it turns out in Narnia that's not the case. So here's the exchange. Mr. Beaver says, Aslan is a lion. He's the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe? said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you the king and that's the that's the crux of this matter um 
I think when you hear this idea, what what's what's being shot at here from from Susan is is this lion safe? And by definition, the question of is a lion safe? The answer will be no. <laughs> a lion is not safe. Um, is is God safe? Well, the answer for is God safe is it misses the question. You don't you, what you don't need is a God who is safe. Rather, you need a God who is good. That's what you need. You need a good God. And here, what we're trying to say is the question our, our culture makes. Right, our, our culture asks almost is 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 he safe? Is is your God nice? Will he still let me do this? Yeah, is God nice to me in what I do? And the answer is, of course he isn't nice. <laughs> of course he isn't nice, right? He's God. What he is, is true and good and kind. And those things are not separate. Mm. Those things are absolutely all at once. That, that means that God is not always what we would determine as nice. In fact, rarely is God nice, but what God always is, is kind. Always kind. The difference being that kindness, as opposed to niceness, kindness is literally, um, it's it's anchored to the truth, or, or tethered to the truth. Right? It's like the old maypole and the ball around the maypole that you would play, or the, run, the kids running around the maypole. You know what? You know, never mind. That's like, a, that's like a socialist idea. We're going to get rid of the maypole. But it's it's idea of of something being tied to another structure and I can't leave it, right? God's kindness is attached to truth. A few few biblical understandings, and here I think the first one is the best uh, in, in tying this idea of what our culture wants love to be and it wants it to be nice, not realizing that there is no love without truth. So in 1 Corinthians 13, most often read at weddings, what you get is a... Uh, uh, the love passage, the passage on love. What is love? We turn to First Corinthians 13 and we have someone read a selection of it at a wedding because weddings are all about love. Here's what it says, and perhaps this is missed. I will be reading First Corinthians 13, 4, and then I'll be jumping to First Corinthians 13, 6. It says this, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. I guess I read 5 too. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love rejoices with the truth, while at the same time being kind. What it doesn't do, right, what love isn't, is kind and rejoicing in wrongdoing. That's not love. Love is kind and rejoices with the truth, and it is those things simultaneously. My uh, new life verse, Psalm 141.5, <laughs> Psalm 141.5, which, by the way, Psalm 141, I'll even give you context if you want it. Uh, Psalm 141 verse 4 says this, Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds, in company with men who work iniquity, and let me not eat of their delicacies. Verse 5, <laughs> here's the answer, right? I don't want to do these things. Here's the answer. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Mm. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Yet my prayer is continually against their evil deeds. Here he goes back to speaking about the evil in verse 6. When their judges are thrown over the cliff, then they shall hear my words. 
for they are pleasant. As when one, and this is great, they're pleasant. As when one plows and breaks up the earth, so shall our bones be scattered at the mouths mm. of Sheol. Verse 8, but my eyes are towards you, O God, my Lord. In you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenseless. Keep me from the trap they have laid for me, and from the snare of evil do- doers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely. It is a kindness that the righteous man strike you if you are walking into unrighteousness. It's kind <laughs> to be struck to save you from sin. Mm. Yeah, that's not one that makes a lot of sermons. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's easy because, you know, a, a lot and a lot of a lot of Christians, this goes back to the biblical, biblical literacy. It's a, a lot of Christians understand, you know, the, the passage that says iron, uh, you know, the phrase iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But what, what people don't, people don't actually think about what iron sharpening iron actually looks like. Yeah. It's sparks flying. It is metal banging up against more metal. It is a violent process. And it's not terribly pleasant. It's not like Heat walking through a lavender field. It's being remolded, and 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 parts are parts are now missing because it needed to be trimmed. And yeah, it's it's a it is violent. Is a, is an appropriate way to describe that, right? Ephesians four thirty says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Here's, and here's the thing, people run to this verse. No, you should be kind. It says to be kind, and to be sure, Ephesians 4.32, the first two words are be kind to one another. It's specifically speaking about the church here, just to be clear. Additionally, it's actually contrasting what anger looks like. We have different forms of the results um, and effects of anger previously. And these these things that as anger seeps into our lives, they do. They they can grieve the Holy Spirit because it's our rejection of God. We but then there's there's anger instead, there's some these emotions that take over. What we are to instead to do is to be kind to one another, but why? The verse tells us. Forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. It, his kindness is always tethered to the truth. We are kind to one another because Christ has died. Now that's violent and true, right? Mm. That's why we're kind. Because we have forgiveness through the sacrifice of Christ. Probably the most appropriate way to really drive this home. Romans uh, Romans in chapter 2 uh, where it's actually speaking, right, about us not judging one another, right? For for who, what right do you have to, to cast judgment? Uh, you you have also sinned. You have also practiced these things. Uh, picturing, I'm picking up that idea in verse 4, though. It says this, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Which is to say, you think, you think that you're safe because God is kind? That he has forbearance and patience. Then it says this. Not knowing that it's God's kindness that's meant to lead us to repentance. Tethered to the truth. God is kind to us. Allowing for yet one more day that many may turn and repent. Right? Mm. He is allowing that kindness because it's tethered to the truth. That Christ has come to redeem. Boom. 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 
don't know how much more clear we can be here. Um, in order to practice true, true Christian kindness this Pride Month, what you're going to have to get real equipped with is the truth. You have to get comfortable with it, cozy with it, because it's God's, not yours. Yep. Yep. I'd celebrate Pride Month every month if I did not have God, because I love um, to be my own God. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it a lot. Um, but it turns out I make a horrible God that would simply continue to ruin my life. It is grace upon grace that I have not yet done so. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So feel free to speak hard words. Watch, watch, you know, be Christ-like in how you share them. Meaning you have to know your audience. You have to know who you're talking to, what they can handle. Um, Jesus talked to different kinds of people, different ways. Um, and we, you know, we can and should contextualize to do the same. However, um, you know, if, if we're, if we are withholding the truth, we are doing a disservice to our, um, unsaved brothers and sisters who we are their only, we, you might be their only actual true Christian connection. You might, you might be the only one to have their eyes actually opened to the truth and the actual state of the human heart and, and the beauty of the sacrifice that Jesus made for them on the cross. You might be the only one to actually be able to give them that. And so we, we mustn't shy away. You know, pride is just, and, and you know, pride is just as dangerous in the heart of the believer, you know, at, at least as, as far as it, it is a sin that needs to be repented of. Um, but pride in the heart of a believer can be, you know, seen and repented of in, in proper community. Christ died for it and he took away, he, he took away the penalty for that sin. But pride in the unbeliever, that's a penalty that has not been taken away. And so we, we must, we must share we must share the the trajectory of where that pride goes um, in their which hearts is with death, them, which is which is death, and that is that is the most loving thing that we could possibly share with them, um, along with a solution that's only found in Christ Jesus. So, Amen. This would not matter what sin is being vaulted uh, up to the heights of culture. It does not matter what the sin is. Um, uh, it doesn't matter if if in in June of 2021 it's the uh, the sin of homosexuality, right? Or or if like um, in Colossians it's the sin uh, of asceticism, swearing off any uh, earthly pleasure, uh, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what the sin is. Whatever sin is being exalted against the truth of God must be torn down. Uh, and so and and so we don't tear down these strongholds for our own glory no in fact it will cost you to tear down these strongholds we tear them down because it is for god's glory that he is exalted and sin is brought low yep amen 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 and with that we're gonna go sleep yeah go sleep <laughs> uh, this has been a absolutely enjoyable time i hope you will find this to be a true um, reflection of God's word and hopefully it will help you to uh, maybe be able to feel more confident in speaking the truth uh, especially towards the uh, these these vices that are exalted as virtues in our culture uh, even this very day so I pray this would be an encouragement uh, for you church and a resource that you can utilize yep yep and uh, with that we uh, really hope that you go ahead and seize, seize the, the faith, faith.